now with, with knowing this about myself, this about my purpose, this about my unique special sauce, okay, what, what's, where's the market opportunity? Now we look outside and say, all right, what's, what's the problem that needs solving? And who'd be willing to pay for that problem? Who'd be willing to pay me? to solve that problem. Hello, welcome to The Ship, an inspirational podcast designed to equip leaders and entrepreneurs with tools and strategies to strive. Now, here's your host, Tyrone McGuagua. Great, I'm very excited that you decided to join us today. Uh, We said we're going to talk about feminine leadership. When you gave me the suggestions um, for the topic that you'd like to talk about, I said feminine leadership, any day, any time, let's go for it. Because um, obviously being from Africa, there's a lot of uh, injustice when it comes to, to, to females. And I, I just think that this is a perfect topic for us to, to talk about. So I think let, let's start, um, I'll start by asking, what is feminine leadership? Let's, let's start over there. All right. Well, if we think about masculine and feminine as a polarity, right, as kind of opposites, which they're not exactly, right? They exist on a continuum, but like at one end or the other, the masculine, maybe we call it yang energy, right? Yin yang, we call it like yang energy is very, um, it's very outward focused, just like the masculine um, anatomy, right? Right, like the the masculine versus feminine in the, the, the genitalia, right? It's an outward focus of energy. So with masculine, it's about um, creation in the world, like structures and focus and direction. And, um, you know, sometimes it's about like um, activity and competition, right? These are kind of more masculine types of traits naturally. And the world that we live in has been dominated by a very masculine energy for about 10,000 years or so, let's say, like just to put a number on it, since more or less since the dawn of agriculture, when the masculine started to uh, assert itself over the feminine and over the land, right? Farming, building, this is all very, you know, masculine. Now, on on the other side is the feminine energetic, which is more inward, like in the sense of the the exhale is more of the yang, the outward. The inhale is the is is receptive, just like the feminine anatomy is receptive. And so the feminine, you know, whereas the masculine might be what is known, what is seen, what is objective, what is concrete, the feminine might be the unknown, the unseen, the subjective, the abstract. The mystery is another is another word for it. And so as we, you know, this whole new world that we're living in, what we're seeing, I think, is a rise naturally of the, the, these feminine values and this feminine approach, even in business. We're seeing it with things like, you know, sharing economies, right? We're seeing um, Airbnbs and uh, Lyft and Uber, right? So instead of it being about ownership, And dominance, which is more of a masculine thing, it's about sharing and collaboration. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other, because really, truly, we need both the yang and the yin, right? And there's been an imbalance for a long time, 
And so now is a time where we're starting to see the rise of these other traits and values and characteristics and be they're them being more valued in the world and in business. So um, I was saying that um, um, you, you're talking about the, the, the differences that, that are there with, between the different uh, genders that are there. And for other communities, you can see that the disparity is just so big. Uh, my question for you is, what are, what are some of the barriers that, you've, you, know, that you've ex, you have experienced as a female leader or when it comes to your career? What are some of the things that you've experienced, the barriers that you've experienced in your career? Well, I, I would say that initially I didn't experience many barriers. I, I, I think initially, early on in my career, when I was younger in high school and college, right after college, things were, were very kind of even in lockstep, right? Like you either got good grades or you got bad grades, your SATs, you got a score. Like I really felt like I never felt discriminated against, maybe a little bit by my own parents because there were things that my brother was allowed to do that I wasn't. But I would say that until I was in my mid to late 20s, I didn't really see much of a barrier. And, and quite honestly, the biggest barrier was not something I realized until I was probably in my early 40s, which was that I had adopted a very masculine approach to life. So the barrier was in, was in me and I wasn't even aware of it. I had adopted in order to get by and be in lockstep and get into the schools and get the MBA and get the good grades. I had, I had adopted a very masculine approach like success, achievement, focus, discipline, hard work, competition, you know, just getting to the top, always looking to get to the top. I didn't realize in back then that that was, you know, a very masculine approach and it served me fine. I got good jobs. I made good money. I bought nice things. Of course, this is the way you're supposed to do it until I hit a wall um, and I had a breakdown. You know, it all kind of came crashing down because I was exhausted. I was out of, out of alignment with my nature as a woman. I was denying desires that I had to do things differently and instead honoring the prevailing paradigm of this is how you do work. You sacrifice, you work late nights, you wake up early, you get stuff done, right? Even, even when you don't feel good, even when you're tired, even when you're, when you want to just lie down and cuddle, right? Like that's not, that didn't figure into the equation. So the biggest barrier I would say was my lack of awareness of my own feminine nature and how honoring that part of me would create more energy to do all the things that I wanted to do and, and really to create more energy to be who I wanted to be such that a lot of those things that I was doing fell away and didn't even need to be done anymore. Mm, I like that so much. I like the response. I really love it so much. Uh, I think my, my, my next question for you is, have you ever experienced resistance from men? Uh, if you're leading any man, have you ever experienced resistance from them? And how did you deal with that? Well, what I'm going to say, it may not be popular, but it is true for me. I would say that the resistance that I've gotten in my life from men have come when I've met men from a masculine place when I've tried to lead men 
or force men or, you know, lead them and influence them from a more masculine energetic. And, and it doesn't work that well. Research has shown it. I mean, I don't have the study right in front of me, but I know that there was a study done where women were offered a job and they negotiated the salary and the men liked the women less, the, 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 not the men, the people who were hiring liked them less if they negotiated. And that, that didn't, wasn't a problem when the men negotiated. So it was only a problem when the women negotiated, their likability went down and it created friction. So, but what I've experienced in my life that I think is related to that is like when I come from a very masculine place and try to do it like a man, I butt up against that masculine energy because then they treat me like a man. And the way men deal with each other is to compete and to one up each other, right? So what I've, what I've seen is that since really focusing on building up my receptivity, my surrendering to the mystery, my nurturing side, my real, like my quiet side of me, you know, like all the, the, the feminine practices, I found that I can lead and influence men without having that, that friction. So I, you know, I find that men are much more easy to work with now. And I'm not talking about flirtatiousness. I'm not talking about, you know, seduction or manipulation. No, I'm talking about from a, from a grounded, sovereign, loving, kind, feminine nature. I think the man then wants to, he softens. Love that. Let's, let's, let's role play just a bit. I, I know, okay. I love, I love how you pronounce your, your surname, by the way, Via Lobos. Did yeah. I pronounce? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So let's role play just a bit. You were speaking to 20 year old Michelle Via Lobos. And mm. we know that leadership is influence. We know that in order for you to influence others, you need to effectively lead yourself. So you're speaking to 20 year old Michelle Via Lobos and you mm. are telling Michelle, how she can effectively lead yourself. That's oh my fun. goodness. I don't know that I would have listened to myself. Let me, let me start with that. <laughs> I'm just going to say, because I was so certain that I was right about everything, you know, and I wasn't very receptive. Like I had a lot of, you know, resistance to, but I would say, what if you could have everything that you want success, achievement, joy, love. What if you could have all of that without sacrificing your desires and your dreams in the process? And if she said that I'd, I'd be interested in that, I, I, you know, I, then I'd start, you know, probably taking her down the path of what if I told you that it doesn't require more hard work, more discipline, or more focus. In fact, it requires less of those things. And if she was open, <laughs> then I might keep going. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's the problem. Like a, a lot of this, what I'm talking about, it's something you got to experience, you know, it's not something that's, that I don't think is very, I mean, I think maybe I, the way I'm positioning it today now, after all these years, I have like a grasp of the theoretical part of it and can explain it, but 
I think 20 year old Michelle wouldn't have taken it except she hadn't broken down yet. She hadn't had the experience of the burnout of it all falling apart of saying, well, I did everything right. I did what I was supposed to do. Why isn't this working? But if she were open and she were listening, then I would, then I would explain what I just explained to you. Masculine, feminine, you're doing all of this and there's none of this, right? We need to bring more of this into the picture. Mm, I love that so much. I love it so much. Yeah. Again, we're still role playing. 20 year old Michelle is working in um, Fortune 500 company that is male dominated. She's probably the only female person. Mm. What does 20 year old Michelle need to do to be able to either get promotion or dominate or really just show her value? Mm. Let's go. Yeah, I think that what would what would serve her best in that in that experience would be to tap into her um to slow down, right? And to breathe. I feel like everybody's going so fast all the time, especially in that corporate environment. Go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. That when somebody slows down and just breathes, that other people do too other people around her, other people around you, you know, slow down. And so I would, I would advise her to start meditating every single morning and to bring that energy into the office, to bring that energy into her immediate circle, you know, and just instead of trying to tell people what to do, like you should do this, you should do that, you should meditate, but rather like to take it on herself and, and show up from this more grounded aligned feminine place and people will notice and people will want more of that when you do that when you slow down when you pause when you open up to this this mystery this receptivity and by the way i just want to say that a lot of what i'm talking about i've learned from my mentor my mentors but one in particular uh nani lea diamond who you can find at um sacred feminine leadership is her website but when you start to incorporate this energetic of the feminine and slow things down, you develop more intuition. You develop more sovereignty, more, more, you know, more of that queen energy rather than the, the young kind of like, you know, maiden, you know, not immature type of energy, like slowing down opening up into the feminine, like open, doing the meditation and breathing and allowing for receptivity, all of that just naturally entrains other people around us to slow down and calm down. And, they, and they're drawn to it. Maybe they don't even know why. But from that place, a woman is way more powerful. Way more powerful. Way more powerful. Like that. Yeah. So, um, but what most people, mostly for my audience, probably don't know is that you have achieved a lot of things. Uh, I think mm -hmm. I, st I started knowing about you when I think probably 2014, 2015. And you were doing amazing things, speaking, uh, talking about branding. And I'm like, I want to be like her so much. And she's so cool. And though you, you've done some pretty impressive things that a lot of people um, we'll, we'll know about some most people know about it maybe from my part of the world some people don't but um, I can definitely attest that your influence has reached South Africa and um, 
yeah, my, 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 my question for you is, talk me through that journey. What made you decide to do the things that you do? What made you to decide to be this awesome speaker who talks about branding like it's a life? It is your life, but um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what made you to be that person? Tyler, I think that a lot of us, and me included, we end up taking the, grabbing the, the torch for a mission and a message because of our own personal journey and story and troubles and trials and tribulations, you know? So often that's the basis of this type of work. It's like, man, this is the, this is the down crash and burn that I went through and this is how I got myself out of it. Let me share this with other people. That's really what's at the core of why I do what I do. You know, the first big, you know, breakthrough I had in my business was around my brand. When I started my business 13 years ago, I didn't know who I was. And so I tried to be who people wanted me to be. I didn't have clarity of my, my identity. And because I didn't have clarity of my identity, I looked outside of me at the mirrors all around and said, who do I need to be to please you, to please you, to please you, to get your business, to get that contract. And I basically created a persona, a business card, a website, you know, the, the, the materials of the persona, the brand that aligned with something that was outside of me that wasn't me at all. And it wasn't working. And at one point I, I was doing a workshop or something like I did have some business, not a lot. And a woman in there said, when I showed my website at the end, or, you know, I think it was, yeah, I think it was my website or my headshot. She's like, that doesn't, that doesn't look like you. Who is that? You're so fun. You're so friendly. You're so alive. You're so colorful. Why are you wearing Navy blue in that picture? Why are you wearing a suit? And I was like, oh, I thought you had to wear a suit right? And to be a professional, like the whole, my entire persona was built around what you, what, what I thought I should do or what I had to do, but it wasn't born of like, who am I really? And that, that was the first wake up call. I was like, huh, what would happen if I didn't show up in a suit? What would happen if I did show up with bright colors? And so I went and I found a picture of myself that I happened to have that was perfect with these brightly colored Sharpies in front of my face. If you search my name, you can see the picture. And all of a sudden people started responding. I put it out on Facebook. I'm like, hey, what do you guys think about this headshot? Or maybe it was, I don't know if it's Facebook, but something public like that. And people responded, they liked it. I was like, oh my God. So I redid my website with that, what, with that image and I took the colors from the Sharpies and I started using those colors in my brand. And all, lo and behold, people started remembering me. Oh, you're the Sharpie girl. I've seen your picture. And I was like, oh my God, this stuff works. And so over the course of a few years, I really developed my brand around that one picture. And it was memorable. People knew who I was. They remembered me. And I was like, oh shoot. Like, okay, step one, something that aligns with me. Step two, something that the world can, can appreciate. But first comes the me part. And so that was my first big breakthrough. And so I started teaching branding. I started, you know, helping other people develop their brands. I had a background in psychology and worked at a magazine for years. So I took all that and kind of created this personal branding 
course and, uh, and, and stuff. And then I had another breakdown because I was still, I had not, I had not broken through my second big obstacle, which was my business model. I was still delivering work one-on-one and I was hustling and I was, you know, struggling and constantly working. And then I had a big crash, like an emotional, physical uh, health crash. And that's when I realized that, okay, my brand is great, but my business model is not. And so I created a new business model. And now lately I've been teaching people that piece. How do you create a business model that works while you're playing or, or even that feels like play while you're working, you know? Wow. This, this is so great. I love, I love how you use the iceberg analogy with um, the appearance and the substance and the things at the bottom. And I just figured you were talking, that's what you're talking about now when you're talking about the, the, who you are, the values and you're the, the stuff at the top, which is the, the website, the, the logos, but which didn't really match what was at the bottom, which is great, by the way. And I, I would definitely advise people to go and watch that video because it, it's, it's that awesome. It is that awesome. I, I noticed that you're a very um, structured person and I love that so much. You I actually learned a lot. Uh, when I was when I was talking to you about doing this um, interview, I learned quite a lot of things uh, that I am going to implement for myself. And I noticed that you are a very structured person. Like, how do you how do you structure your day? Let's talk talk, talk to me about that. How do you structure your day? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think that that the structure piece. I am structured in my concepts. My yeah, I'm, I'm very conceptually structured. I like to organize information. I like to organize, yeah, information, like outlines and figuring, okay, step one, step two, step three, blah, blah, blah. But I don't live in a very structured way. And so I've mm. taken the structure that I like to impose on information and I've applied it to my calendar to create structure. And that it's taken a lot to get to a place where that feels comfortable and it's still not perfect. But so what I do in terms of my calendar, my time is weekends off for the most part, unless it's a creative project. Mondays are my admin day to catch up on things that I need to do. That way I don't spend the weekend worrying about my admin stuff. So Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I do things like this. I do coaching calls with clients. I do, um, uh, marketing, outreach, you know, calls with people, meetings. And then Fridays are my creative day to write, to do creative projects. Like tomorrow I'll be filming some videos um, and, and creating outlines for new YouTube videos. So that's my Friday. So that's how I structure it. And then what I do inside of each day is I have, um, I have a Google calendar. So I color code everything so that I know I can look at my week in a glance and know how many sales calls I have, how many coaching calls I have, how many how much downtime I have, how much spiritual time I have. So I, I schedule like my morning practice. It's a two hour chunk of time. I don't start my day till 11 a.m. Like don't start doing outward stuff till 11 a.m. You know, and I do my work between 11 and four. And then I leave from four to six is like unstructured time for catching up or doing things. And that's how I've, and then I always schedule myself a lunch break. Wow, that's 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 very. It it. it I know it, um, you're saying that you're not you're shift drifting away from 
the, the the structure part but it it looks very organized it looks very planned and very intentional which is a good thing which is a good thing i know it's we're kind of drifting away from um from the feminine leadership but um i believe that this is going to be valuable for everyone who's watching uh again I well and i want to say something about that tyrone yeah. like i create this if you think about masculine and feminine masculine is like the container and the feminine is like the water in the container. Wow. wow. The masculine creates the structure. That's my masculine side. All right, here's my calendar. Here's the structure of it. But then I have this block that's two hours long that I, that's for my spiritual practice. So inside wow. that two-hour block, I get to be, I get to relax. I get to be feminine. I get to tap into my, the divine connection, right? Like I do all that inside of that space that the masculine side of me has created for me. And same thing in the afternoons after 6 p.m. Like I go hop on my bike and I ride around and I go to the river and go to the park and watch the sunset. Like it's the dance between the two of them that makes life feel good and, and, and be beautiful. It's not the one at the expense of the other, you know, or one better than or instead of. It's like how do these two play together in your life? And I believe that everyone, especially men, could use more feminine energy in their in their life you know well i know that i definitely do i definitely need it yeah um i think my, my next question you spoke about um friday as being your your creative day right i want to find out how you come up with your content because um obviously checking your youtube channel you are a person who comes up with crazy ideas fun creative things that stuff that you talk about how do you come up with amazing ideas and, and creative content honestly tyrone i don't know what it would be like to not do that that is my nature is like there have been times in my life yesterday even where i'm like god i wish i could turn off my brain from creating new ideas like i have way more ideas than I could ever possibly implement. My, I, my brain is an idea machine. I think that's why I love doing the work I do because I'm able to give ideas to other people and watch them run with them. And I don't have to own the idea. I don't have to execute the idea. I can just like let it come through. It's like, here you go, here you go. Um, but one of the things that, that enter, so one of the things to pay attention to, right, is also part of this masculine feminine conversation is like, where do you, where does your energy come from? Where do you source energy, right? So for me, this, what we're doing is very energy rich. When I'm in dialogue with someone else, my, my, my ideas start flowing, my, my creativity flows. I'm an out loud thinker. Some of us are, some of, uh, some of us aren't. But like, I know the way I work. I know that I'm more creative with somebody out loud. Brainstorming works really well for me, right? Like, um, being in a group brainstorming even better. You know, for me, my personality generates a lot around in service of others and, and in, in the company of others. Other people create in their head privately, you know, but I'm a, I create more like this. Some people create more like this. So, you know, that's what works for me. Well, that's, that's very helpful even for me. Um, very, I think we're exactly the same. I'm exactly like you and I, I'm more creative like that. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's a very, it's a bit of a challenge for me 
when it comes just to processing all the all those ideas, all those ideas, and just putting them in one place, then implementing yes. them. Yeah. Um, yes. Again, yeah. So next question is, you just have to fill in the blank. Twenty years. I didn't know that. I did not know that blank will be so much fun twenty years ago. Okay, so 20 years ago, I didn't know that blank would be so much fun. Yes. I didn't know yes. that, I'm going to say supporting others could be so much fun. I feel like the first part of my career, my, you know, the way I was raised was, was that you focus on you first. And when then, you know, you focus on you first and then from that place, then you give. And what I found for me as a, cause my pro, my, my profile, my personality type, um, in, in this, this test that we use called wealth dynamics, my profile is a star profile. The star gets energy from, from contributing to others, from supporting others. So for me, the formula is, and it's not for the same for everybody. My formula is when I serve, I get taken care of. Like, I, I don't need to worry about me first. I mean, I do in the sense of like self-care and my energy, my sleep, my food, right? That, that kind of taking care of myself. But like in the career piece, for me, what works is to be in service. And I never would have thought that being in service would be so much fun. Great. That's a very, that's a very difficult thing uh, for, for most people because most people, we are programmed to think of ourselves first and what we want our life and what we want to achieve. And we don't mostly think about what other people, um, supporting other people. But I, I really love right. what she just said. Yeah. Um, 20 years ago, I did not know that blank would be so much helpful. Would be so helpful. Yes. Okay. 20 years ago, I didn't know that yoga would be so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's fun. Yeah. So, um, we're getting to the part of the interview. I call this light camera action. Um, so it's like a little break time. So what, what, what I do during this time, I give the guest 60 seconds to basically just speak to somebody's life, inspire someone feel free, anything you would like to speak to people. Mm. This, is your, this is your moment of glory. This is your moment to shine. This is your moment just to go crazy and just speak to someone. Are you ready? Almost. <laughs> Perfect. Your 60 seconds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do the lights, camera, action, after action, then you go ahead. Okay. okay. So lights, camera, Action. It's very common to forget that life is about joy, that life, or not, not just about joy, but that life is about living. And in order to experience joy, we must also allow ourselves to experience pain that that when we try to live a life and, and avoid pain, when our primary focus is on staying safe, um, avoiding risk, avoiding pain, then we end up with a really small life. 
And the key that I found is to when something feels uncomfortable, difficult, painful, first of all, to remember that that is often the source of, you know, the breakdown can be the, the source of the breakthrough, that that pain that we feel, even what we feel right now as a culture globally is a wake-up call to some new desire, to some new possibility. And so I invite everyone here to really embrace the discomfort, the pain, the, the fear, and like really dive into it and allow themselves to allow ourselves to find the wisdom and the joy and the, and the beauty in all of it. As my girlfriend Limu says, Limu has a company called Momstar. She says, life is all of it. It's not just one part of it. It's not just the good parts. And, and when we focus on just the good parts, then we, we miss out on a big part of life and we miss out on opening ourselves up to the full breadth of life. Life isn't just about being happy. It's about being alive and feeling all of it. Wow. That is so powerful. That is very powerful. And I, I'm certain that a lot of people are definitely going to benefit from this and are definitely going to love this so much. Um, I would like to, I, I normally just do giveaways during the show. So just give away some couple of things, books, um, food vouchers and stuff like that. But for, for today, what I would like people to do is for people to, um, to follow you, subscribe to your channel, do those things for people to actually get those giveaways. So um, where can they find you? Where can they like, um, follow, subscribe? Yeah. I, I mean, for, it depends on what you like. You know, you can go to my website, which links to everything, superstaractivator.com. You can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with like 80-something videos. Um, and then I have a podcast that I love and I'm proud of called Awaken Your Inner Superstar, which you can find on iTunes um, and subscribe to that. And, I, and actually, I have about 76 episodes and then I've paused and I'm relaunching another season of episodes uh, this summer. Great. So whoever goes and follows and subscribes and does that and shows me proof that they actually did that, I will give you the give giveaways, give you the option to get the giveaways. So um, I guess I, I will ask maybe two last questions before we close or one last question before we close. Uh, I think I want to make it special. What would you like me, what, you, what would you like to talk about? Anything that you think would be very beneficial to someone who's watching? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I think that one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had in my life was the darkest moment of my life too. And I feel like for a good year or two after that darkness, I hadn't fully let it, let it go yet. And so I would invite everyone listening to find the place that's still angry or resentful or mad about some experience, whatever it was, maybe it's in your childhood, maybe it was you know, a few years ago, but any big piece of hurt or pain or loss or suffering that you're still blaming, complaining, or shaming yourself or someone else about, I would invite you to take that, take that and like spend a day just feeling it, feeling the feelings that went along that, that 
you know, the, the anger, the frustration, the hate, whatever it is that you feel like, feel it, yell and scream. This is more of the work that I've done with Nani Lea. Like let it out and then see what comes up on the other side. Because when we allow that emotion to move through us, often there's something new that can be born from there. Think about, you know, when a fire, a forest fire burns through a forest and burns it to the ground, then that ash is full of minerals and it's, it's got energy in it to create the new, right? Um, one, of my, one of my mentors the other day, yes, it said, you know, imagine if you walked in on a childbirth without knowing what was going on. You'd be freaked out. You'd be scared. You'd be like, what is happening? All right. But, you know, but if you walk in and you know that a baby is being born, it takes on a whole new meaning. But that pain and that anger, that, that like fire energy can give birth to something new and it can be beautiful. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to leave people with, which is that that out of that fire, out of that destruction, out of that chaos and loss and pain, something new can be birthed that's beautiful if you allow yourself to go there. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful and powerful. I guess we can't end the interview without uh, me asking a question about branding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I guess quick, quick advice to somebody out there who's trying to establish their brand, who's trying to just have a brand that will have that impact, a brand that will have that, uh, leave that footprint that pe so that people can never forget about that brand. What can they do? How can they, what's, what's the process, something that you can just leave for them? It's a, it's a, there's a lot to the branding process. There are, you know, basically five or seven steps at some point I, you know, I've done the steps and I keep adding steps, but essentially the first thing is like the, the inward piece, that internal alignment, finding like, who am I really, why am I really here? What matters to me? Step two is like, okay, what's the higher, what's my higher purpose? What, what, like, what am I meant to do with my life? Right? Like b something bigger outside of you. The third thing is to look at, okay, what, what unique skills and, and, and solutions can I do I bring to the table, right? Like what's special, what, what do I do that's special and different and unique and, and adds value. And then we get strategic and you look at, all right, now with, with knowing this about myself, this about my purpose, this about my unique special sauce. Okay. What, what's, where's the market opportunity? Now we look outside and say, all right, what's, what's the problem that needs solving? And who'd be willing to pay for that problem? Who'd be willing to pay me to solve that problem? Um, then we look at, you know, that strategies like positioning in the market, who's the target audience, what do they want and need? And, and then we look at, all right, how do, I, how do I create the materials, like the website, the, the tagline, you know, the expert title, the signature system, the product offerings, like what are all the things that I can create to bring that into the world, like to birth that into reality. And then how do I put it out there on a regular basis? How do I, on an ongoing basis, stay top of mind? How do I have people know who I am? That requires daily, weekly, monthly, consistent action. So those are kind of the steps to creating a, a great brand that attracts now people back to you. 
that is so powerful. That is very powerful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michelle Villalobos. I'll keep on saying it because I love saying it. Uh, thank you very much for um, deciding to come join us today. I totally, totally appreciate you. I totally love your work. I'm a huge fan and you have greatly impacted my life in so many ways. I can't begin to talk about all of them right now, but I, I'm a huge fan I, and, and I love you so much. You are just that awesome. Thank you for deciding to. Am I going to make you cry? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Thank you, Tyrone. It's so beautiful. I want to honor you too. Like I witness your your light, your beautiful energy and spirit and your openness and your receptivity and your desire to shine your light in the world and share your voice and and connect people and bring me to your people and just like just so, such a beautiful example of collaboration and co-creation and, and standing for, you know, beautiful conversations and bringing them to the world. I just, you're, I, I'm, I'm a fan of yours too now. So thank you. Thank you very much.